0: Welcome back to the episode three of The Leader Lounge. Today, I'm excited to talk to Professor Paul Benedict. How are you doing today, Professor? I am swell. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having me. And again, as always, we have Dr. Amy Bianca.
1: Hello. Great to have you today. (laughs) Hi, Amy.
0: I'm very excited (laughs) to be sitting with two of my greatest mentors in the the building right now. So it's fantastic to have you both here today. It's going to be a very exciting conversation. But do you want to kick it off?
1: Yeah. I've um, known known, uh, Paul Benedict for a long time, but what I'd like to get at is sort of a little bit of the important background, like whatever you want to tell us about your background before you became the director of um, the S Center for Entrepreneurship. So pivotal things, you know, maybe it was like, I don't know, lemonade so stands as a kid. Born maybe on a maybe hot humid summer
2: day in <laughs> Cincinnati, Ohio in 1974. Was it Children's Hospital?
0: Was it Good Sam?
2: No, it was Good Sam. Oh, okay. Actually. It's a good hospital. Okay. Good hospital. Yep. Uh <laughs> yeah. Uh so Just how do I thinking. how quickly can I get to the 90s? Um as
1: quickly as you want. Yeah, so
2: I grew up in Cincinnati, uh came to school uh here at OU for undergrad. Um it is not an exaggeration to say that everything good that has happened in my life started with the decision to come here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realize it sounds ridiculous, or maybe I sound like a shill, and I don't care. <laughs> um, but you know, my, my early mentors were all from here, my best friends in life. Um, I met, you know, practically day one fall quarter freshman year in Hoover House on <laughs> on South Green. I think it was probably you know like Friday, September 19th-ish 1992. Mm-hmm. Um, and my early career was meeting, uh, mentors from here, uh, fast forward to graduating in 96, moved to Chicago for a few years, moved back to Athens in 2000 to be part of starting a venture fund mm-hmm. that would invest in uh, early stage companies, uh, here in central Appalachia. So Ohio, West Virginia, Kentucky, the uh, Western Panhandle of Maryland did that for the better part of a decade um, had had some success learned a ton uh, sold a couple companies buried a few uh, set out on my own uh, in in 2010 uh, had uh, some combination of uh, success and hard lessons um, very hard lessons and um, as I was doing that and and as I was uh, putting a startup in the ground, um, I, uh, a friend asked me to if I'd be interested in teaching a grad seminar here at OU. Uh, it was a nights and weekends thing so I could do it as a side hustle mm-hmm. and did it and absolutely fell in love with it. Like the, This is what I should be doing at this stage of my career. And so that's been um, – that was 2013 – Ish, um, I uh, full time here at OU in 2014. Became the director of the Center for Entrepreneurship in 2020. Good timing by me. Yeah, I was gonna say, right? <laughs> um, going to say right. Going COVID, good call. Yeah, get, call. get get new new job there at the at the start of a pandemic. Didn't we all? Um, but you know, I, I I say and mean it that I'm living the dream. I get to I get to teach uh, what I love at at a place that I love. That's fantastic. And long answer short circle. question. Phenomenal no. Answer. But I, how did I do getting from 1974 to present?
1: Really, really well.
2: And how long? Yeah. <laughs> and you're from Cincinnati. Yes. So being from
0: Cincinnati, what high school did you go to? Oh, boy. It's the obligatory question. You have to if you're from uh, Cincinnati. So I
2: went to uh, St. Xavier. Okay. Uh, St. X. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. And then final question for Cincinnati. What's your order from Skyline?
2: Oh, I mean, it's a five-way. Oh, really? But, you go all the way. Yeah. There. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I should add that one of my high school gigs was running a Nacho and Coney stand <laughs> nice. at uh, then Riverfront Stadium. That's mm-hmm. how old <laughs> oh, that's I am. That's great. Uh, <laughs> and we served Gold Star. Oh, God. At the, at the ballpark. On purpose? And on purpose. And um, I hope the Gold Star people aren't listening, <laughs> but taking a bucket of Gold Star out of the fridge. From overnight to warm up before the game. Um. (laughs) It's a culinary delicacy. Uh, Okay. Okay. (laughs) You can go with that. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, So I haven't had Cincinnati chili in quite some time. I love it. And we recently
0: worked together, and you were my professor for the business ideation course. I think that's what we just took, if not. Something like, something that, like yeah. that, So looking at the plan for me, it was an amazing course. Yep. I mean, it was very experiential. It made you ask a lot of questions about yourself, and I love the formatting for it. But kind of digging into your background, mm-hmm. you came to it with a ton of that expertise of mm-hmm. you doing this before. So can you run me through some of the skill sets you picked up as an entrepreneur before becoming a professor?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think the most important thing is is internal. Right? It's perseverance, it's hustle, it's um, you know, it's the ability to communicate a vision. It's it's how are you as a leader in a team? Um, you know, the thing that that is always always made the difference in in my career whether, you know, I was in successful companies or not successful companies, it was the people, right? Um, mm-hmm. are they the right people in the right spots on the bus? And do they do they get it done uh, or not? Does, is the whole greater than the sum of the parts? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a uh, Springsteen uh, fan, and mm-hmm. and he talks about the band being you know one plus one equals three, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the synergy, and, right? Yeah, and, and and that's true in startups to a, in a to a big extent. The other thing beyond that, then, that is critical is can you find what we call product market fit. Do the dogs eat the dog food? Can you identify a problem that is meaningful to a customer? Connect with them on some emotional level, like you're doing something to make their life better. You're bringing something good. You're getting rid of something bad. Do you reach them in some visceral way? And do you have a solution that that addresses that, right? Mm -hmm. If you can find that, then all the rest of it, it's still important. There are still things you can get wrong. There's still things that can kill a company. But once you've figured that stuff out, the people, product market fit, um, it reduces the amount of risk by orders of magnitude, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, one of the things that you find is, you know, people ask about, well, should i set up as an llc or should i set up as a c corp and when should i get business cards and have a logo and all that stuff should we and, be worried about all that stuff sorry go ahead <laughs> generally not so much Okay, like, 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 the, those mean. those are those are not the first things you need to do right and and you know th- the nice thing about the truth is that you know if if the issues are people and product market fit there's a lot that you can do before you have to march into your current boss's office and say, I quit and I'm going to go start my own thing, that you can do it as a side hustle. You can explore it. You can identify that that problem for customers uh, while you're still keeping a jobby job um, yeah. and supporting your family or yourself, right? Um, and so the, the there is a bit of a misconception that entrepreneurship is um, wildly risky and it certainly – has elements of risk to it, but the best entrepreneurs are managers of risk, right? They're seeking to manage risk down at all stages with the people, with the, the product market fit, with, you know, can you make money at it, right? And you jump and leave your jobby job and, and, and nicely, respectfully tell your boss you quit and give notice and not blow up their bridge behind you, um, you know, and, and then, uh, go all in, mm. Right once the customer's basically demanded of you. Yep. Can you teach those skill sets in education? Uh, yes, you can. Um, they are skills that can be honed. The thing that's tricky that I will, I will totally cop to is that it is difficult to simulate the emotional stakes mm-hmm. in the context of a class, right? The, the thing that is difficult, damn near impossible to get across is – are the emotional stakes of, you know, making payroll, uh, is this thing going to work? Um, you know, that frequently, you know, we kid about the the um, the sort of emotional roller coaster of entrepreneurship and the – you know, you have this high of, oh, this is great. This is a great idea. And then there's this crash and this trough of sorrow that might last, you know, a couple of days, a couple of months, a decades, couple of years. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that part is – really difficult to yeah, get can. across in the context of a class. Um, if I'm being totally honest, you know, I think I'm always trying to experiment with what can we do that gets us closer, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and the other thing that I think that in the context of a class that is useful is if you learn the skills and you have some exposure to it in a – in you know, whether it was a seven-week online class or a, you know, traditional face-to-face undergrad 15-week, I me mean, twice a week sort of thing um, that we do here, the, the expectation isn't necessarily that you're going to take whatever you worked on in the class and that's your startup, yeah, doing, right? right? But that you've got, you have some, you've learned some things, you've got some muscle memory so that when you come back to it, if you come back to it or something else, that you'll be more prepared.
0: Now I know one of the features of this is both the Walter Shutek Center and also the MSM program, which we're operating a lot of these courses in. Yep. So what's that format been like working with MSM? Has it provide more opportunities for your students? And are you talking to a different caliber of people? What's that certificate been like for you?
2: Well, what is exciting to me is that in my classes that are seven weeks and and <laughs> largely asynchronous, and I, I I hear the chuckle in the chuckle being. Seven weeks is a lot. is a sh- very short time to do a lot, and yeah. and so I get that. And I I, I don't. This wasn't necessarily the intent. Um, the fact that it's seven weeks does simulate some of the the pressure of you know getting to get this done. Um, but back to the question about the MSM and the people, what. In my classes, what is exciting is that we've got a really interesting mix of people. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got people in the master's in management. We've got people in the online MBA, which can be from anywhere around the country, uh, uh, and in, I think in some cases around the world. And then also folks in the professional MBA who are, uh, by and large, working professionals, uh, mostly in Ohio because they have uh, residencies. Um, once a month in at our Dublin campus in central Ohio. Mm. Um, so you've got this really interesting mix of people um, coming together uh, on a topic. And one of the things that I've found, and I, I think I should do more of it, frankly, is that in the best case, the students in the class are learning as much from each other mm-hmm. as they are from me. Yes, right. Absolutely. Facilitating that peer-to-peer interaction. Um, and And, you know... I think with a little bit of exposure to the principles, students can get pretty good at sniffing out, you know, what are good entrepreneurial opportunities, what aren't, um, can you communicate it well. Uh, another thing that's true about entrepreneurs is that if it's your baby, like you're really close to it and it's your mm-hmm. baby mm-hmm. and and you love your baby. Uh, and maybe you're not always totally rational about mm-hmm. communicating, you know, what your baby looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some moments recently where my my love for babies is is is, is <laughs> wavered maybe, maybe, yeah this may be wavered we'll uh we'll leave that for the the folks at home to imagine what that's about. um but having an external perspective to react to your how you're communicating this opportunity is wildly useful, and it's wildly useful whether you're a serial entrepreneur that's done it many times over um uh, or a student new to it uh, exploring it for the first time, right? Yeah. And I think one of the things that's both unique
0: with your program, it's also overlaps other programs too. And one of the things I really appreciate with the MSM program is the fact that every professor approaches the task differently. Mm. And one of the things I really appreciate about your course was there was about halfway through one of the courses, you're like, you know what, I'm done talking, right? You talk to each other, you give each other feedback. And then you, you, you use what I'm calling awkward silence. Mm-hmm. Right. You gave it like 30 seconds of you actually not talking and then everyone unmuted and started talking to each other. That's unique. I mean, not a whole lot of professors are doing that. Where did you pick up that skill set? <laughs> uh,
2: I don't know. It, I'm continuing to try to get better at it. Um, I It is it is important to not feel the need to fill the air with sound, uh, with the sound of your own voice. Right. Um, and. You know, if you give people time to think about what they want to say and communicate, they'll probably be willing and able to share more than you might have expected they would, right? Mm-hmm. So I, it's for me, it's a work in process. Occasionally, I get, I get teased for giving long answers to short questions, and it's not without I, – I deserve it from time to time. Um, but yeah, it's just I got to – I mean literally sometimes I bite my tongue. And and like, okay, I'm gonna wait, and this is uncomfortable, and I don't like it. And I'm gonna resist the temptation to interject. But um, yeah, it's important. It's very interesting. Dr. B, what kind of questions do you got?
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking one of the things that I absolutely love about you, Paul, and about your teaching and the way you lead your certificate. <laughs> oh, here we go. We'll do the hates
2: later. Remember the Cincinnati and uh, going to a Catholic. All male high school. I'm about to get really uncomfortable with praise. I'm excited. This will be great. <laughs> is, I, I can't. I not We have it on video to I watch you. I can't handle this. You can't handle I'm sweating. this. Sweating. All
1: right. Well, let's just put it this way. <laughs> um, so everybody who is teaching in the MSM program and really our grad programs um, in general, but we look for people who are phenomenal teachers who may not have taught in that format before, but mm. who just are phenomenal teachers and and who do it their way, whatever that is. Right. So we don't have two people who teach alike right we, we just don't we no, all have you know different yeah. different things so what do you think is um or what have you gotten feedback that is unique huh. that students you know either an experience you bring to them or something that they come out with that they tell you um hey this is really going to help me and it's kind of different for either from you or from your certificate
2: it's a really good question it's a hard one to answer it is a hard one. it's a really hard one to answer I, Nick? <laughs> I
1: was going to say, mean, you might have a student that would, uh... learning style for
2: sure. <laughs> yeah. I
0: think also pace of work and freedom are, mm-hmm. are kind of what I kind of put with yours. Okay. And again, I'm I'm doing something weird. I'm not sure if, uh, I don't know any other one else is doing the MSM program, but I'm doing the data analytics course and also entrepreneurship, oh, Nice, which are polar opposite, yeah. right? Entrepreneurship's <laughs> like, have we thought about making a business plan? And then data's like, here's every single step between here and there, right? right. So that's very structured. Yours right. is very unstructured. Right. So looking at that side of it, it gives you that freedom, that opportunity, like to really develop what you want out of it. And we we talked about the MSM program before that it's exactly you get out what you put in. Mm -hmm. And there are students I know that are that are taking the program, they're doing their courses, they're turning their assignments and they're kind of going flat. Just doing that. Right. And which is fine. Like everyone pick your own adventure. But there's also students that are engaging, mm-hmm. and then what makes you unique is like you're very interactive with the students, right? You ask them in the beginning, like, "How is your week? Mm-hmm. How is everything going?" There's other professors that jump straight into lecture. Right. So, in my opinion, that's probably your unique learning style.
2: Well, I appreciate that very much. Um, your grades have already been submitted. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh well, never, I'm going to take it back. Can I change my answer? He's all right. Like, subpar, probably. Uh, well, I, I do appreciate that. I, I think the, well, I, I think it's genuine. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, and it's important because uh, entrepreneurship is so intensely personal. It's, it's personal in ways that data analytics isn't, mm-hmm. right? Um, that most of the time when you find not just product market fit but founder market yeah. fit is where there's a problem you're trying to address that you have to do it. It's in your cells. Yeah. You can't not address it. You're like, I, I, th- I can't tolerate a world where this problem still exists. It's right? deeply emotional, mm-hmm. and, and it is deeply emotional. And so, trying to understand how students tick and what they've what they've been through, their lived experience, is really important to how I teach the class. Like you know, and and giving people freedom to go where they want to go with their ideas. You know, it would be it would be much easier for me if I put you in Teams and you brainstormed in your Teams on what do we want to start, and you'd do it, and it would be a good, interesting academic exercise. And I would have, you know, three or four or five business plans to grade, <laughs> not not thirty. Not right. 30. Um, but and I and and I've been told on more than one occasion, like. Why do you do that? But it, it, there is method to it, it is, right? Yeah, that sure. it is really important that, um, that you have a chance to do your own thing. And, and, you know, very few successful businesses are founded by solo operators. It's important that you find business soulmates. Your people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The chances that you're going to find that in a class are not so good, right? So I don't want to force it. Um, so that I, I appreciate you saying that very much. Next question. Yeah. So you already talked
0: about entrepreneurship is deeply personal and it triggers a lot of emotions. In my experience, having a couple of companies, the biggest emotion is fear, mm. complete and total paralyzing fear. Mm. As an entrepreneur, how do you get past that? Just do it anyway. Do it I'm, scared?
2: I mean, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is moving forward in spite of fear. Right. And I think, I think that, um, that's true in in entrepreneurship the and and the other thing is to the earlier question about managing risk is manage the fear that you can handle when you can handle it right and don't take on too much um for me in my career some measure of of fear has been a has been a pretty healthy motivator um the and, and there's no question that that some people are better um, wired for it than others, um, so yeah. Just grit your teeth, do it scared. Yeah, do it scared, and and know <laughs> that everybody that's ever done this stuff is scared. Mm-hmm. Even even people who've done it many times over mm-hmm. and have been successful, if they're doing something new, they're scared again about the new thing. So you know, I've I've had I've been lucky to have really good uh, conversations with. Lots of wildly successful people. And, you know, some of the people that, that you would outwardly think oh, that that person is, you know, has to be more confident than any person I've ever met. Um, they've been wildly successful. Maybe they've they've sold a company for a billion dollars or they're on track to that. Um, even they have have fear, have uncertainty, have doubt, need mentors, actually you know, seek advice mm-hmm. from other people um so if if the most successful among us feel that then hopefully that's liberating for the rest of us mortals fantastic
0: that was a great closer right there is there any other questions you want to hit on
1: i love that manage the fear keep going
2: manage the fear keep going is there anything you want to hit on that you think we missed just that you're awesome oh thanks man uh, and you're awesome too, Amy.
1: But we're so lucky to have oh no like you're, to have Nick Winnenberg in the program and then leading the podcast. It's it's tremendous. That's you, you'll have Ramey, stu- too when I'm gone. I know. So we're just going to keep the family we have, going. Though, and like I mean, it's really it, you're absolutely incredible.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. So is there any shout-outs or thank yous that you want to do for anyone else in the entrepreneurship program or anyone else in the? Well,
2: website? I my my colleagues uh, that that uh, not everybody in the MSM gets a chance to meet uh, Crystal Geyer, Paul Mass, Luke Pitaway, uh, Steve Musser. Uh, I know that uh, some of the MSM, uh, Steve has taught in the MSM classes and is great. Um, so uh, I hope everyone has good experiences with all of them. And, and um, uh, I, I, like I said, it's it really is the joy of my life to get to do this.